Hello and welcome to the G2 podcast. So, my ex-girlfriend said to me, I can tell what kind of car you have by the personality you have. I said, aha, I haven't got one. Hey, terrible, terrible, terrible. When I was 14, I thought it'd be a good idea to prank my friends. We'd gone camping and we were in the middle of a field and I had a cunning plan. I wanted to put a sheep in my friend's tent while they were asleep. So two hours of chasing a sheep in the rain, in the dark, falling over, I finally managed it. I undid the zip slowly, pushed the sheep in, happy days. It was at that moment I went from excitement to disappointment because I got the wrong tent. In the dark, I'd got them mixed up and I put this sheep in my tent. So rather than this great prank I wanted, I had this hundred pound soggy and smelly animal farting and bleating in my tent. If you think trying to get a soggy sheep into your tent in the dark is bad, try getting one out. Now eventually I got the sheep out, but not the smell. I don't know if any of you have ever smelt wet sheep, but it's a weird smell and and everything stunk. Uh, My tent did, my clothes did, I did. And what should have been this quite exciting thing, pranking my friend with, you know, surprise sheep, um, turned into this disappointment at myself and my circumstances. The thing is, I think all of us at some point have got a story of going from excitement to disappointment, hope to hurt. Have you ever ordered something online that didn't look like what you ordered? Or maybe you bought something online or whatever, it seemed too good to be true and turns out it was. It sounds daft, and your story of going from hope to hurt or excitement to disappointment might not involve a soggy sheep, but I think it's something we've all dealt with at some time or another. Maybe that job wasn't what we'd hoped for, or that person wasn't who we thought they'd be. Family, finances, university. That journey from excitement to disappointment, from hope to hurt can happen in any place in our lives at any time and it can impact us in all kinds of different ways. The things that we go through, what happens to us, those are often the things that make the difference in where we are in life. Whether we're in a a place of hope, where we're excited, we're content and we're happy, or if we're in a place of hurt where we feel overwhelmed, disappointed, hopeless. And the bad news is this journey of going from hope to hurt is something that can happen in our relationship with God. It can impact our faith because the place that we end up in, that place of hope or hurt, can determine the focus of our faith. It determines what we put our trust in, what we decide to hold on to when life gets hard. When God seems close, it can be like being in a place of hope. And it's easy to focus our faith on who God is, his goodness and his mercy. But when God seems distant, it can be like being in a place of hurt. It can get harder to have that trust in who God is. And our walk with God is often a walk between a place of hope, a place of hurt and back again. Faith is kind of just how we walk that out. And as Christians, we are called to have faith in God. And faith is simply deciding to trust in in God based on who he is. So we actively choose to trust in God's goodness, in his mercy, in his love for us, shown through his son, Jesus Christ. 
And that trust in God, that, that faith is what defines us. It's what should define us as Christians. It's our very reason for living. It's not just the why, it's the how and the who. And when we're in a place of hope, sometimes having that faith can be really easy. When God seems close, those times fill us with faith and confidence in him because God becomes the focus of our faith. You know, maybe we saw prayer answered or provision or healing or breakthrough or addiction broken. Having faith at those times when we see God so closely, when we're so close to the source of all life, hope, truth and love, it's easy. It's easy to make God the focus of our faith because in those moments of intimate encounter, God's love is so tangible. It's so real. In that place of hope, we can build a faith with the right focus, and that's the kind of faith that will move mountains. But, you know, sometimes we can be in a place of hurt. Sometimes life isn't so good. You know, we can encounter problems, things go wrong, and we end up feeling distant from God. And what happens is we encounter mountains that become blockages in our relationship with God. And when that happens, sometimes it's harder to make God the focus of our faith. Often the hopes and dreams we had when God seemed so close seems like a distant memory. Maybe, like me, you've been praying for something for a long time and nothing changes, or maybe it seems like God is blessing everyone else but not us. Maybe it's the finances or the diagnosis or the job. Maybe sometimes God could stop being the focus of our faith and the mountain in our lives, the things that get in the way of our relationship with God, they become what we focus our faith on. When life is hard, our faith can become based on what we see around us, what's happening to us, and not on who God is. Faith without God as the focus can't move mountains because it puts its trust in the wrong thing. And all through the Bible, we find people that go on this journey from hope to hurt and back again. And they start in this place of closeness to God, where in the place of hope, and it's easy to have the right focus, and they end up in a place of hurt where their faith seems weaker. Moses was transformed by the love of God on Mount Sinai, and yet when he comes down the mountain, he is distraught as he sees the Israelites worshipping a golden calf. The prophet Elijah sees the power of God as fire from heaven, and yet when his life is threatened, he has a complete mental collapse and wants to die. Our faith journey at times can go from a place of hope where we're close to God to one of hurt where God seems distant. You know, we can enjoy God in those places of intimate encounter, in those places of hope, but we get to know him best in those places of hurt, in the hard times, because it's there where our faith is tested. In fact, 1 Peter uh, 1.6 tells us, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. Now, Peter tells us that when we encounter difficulties in life, we're in a place of hurt. Those, those difficulties show us if our faith has the right focus. Is the focus of our faith on God or is it on the world around us? Peter calls faith with the right kind of focus, genuine faith. The kind of faith that can move mountains, that gets those blockages out of the way of our relationship with God. But we have to ask the question, if there is a genuine faith, what does faith with the wrong focus look like? Now, my favorite Christian writer, you're probably sick of me talking about him, is a guy called Craig Rochelle. And he said, sometimes we can all struggle with our faith. Sometimes we all have a faith that focuses on the wrong thing, that doesn't have its focus 
on who God is and, who, and what he does. Maybe in hard times we rely on the faith we got from our parents. We're Christian because our parents told us we were, they dragged us to Sunday school, but when life gets hard, does it actually make a difference? Maybe when we feel distant from God, then our faith can become shallow. Matthew 13 talks about how if our roots aren't deep in who Jesus is and what he's done, then the worries and the hurts of this world will choke the faith out of us. So when life gets hard, it gets easy to walk away. Maybe in that place of hurt, our faith can become conditional. If God would do this, then I'll trust him. Or how can I trust in God when my life is so difficult? And I think what God wants to do in this passage is show us the importance of having a faith with him as the focus rather than our circumstances. The kind of faith we're called to have, the kind of faith that can move mountains. It's not based on what we see, but it's based on who God is. The other thing we need to understand is that moving mountains isn't magically about mustering up what we want. If I pray hard enough, maybe I can have five million quid and a Lamborghini. Don't work like that. I wish it did. But rather, it's about trusting God to remove those blockages that in our lives that get between us and him. It's not just about changing what's happening in our lives. It's about restoring, deepening and strengthening our relationship with God. Now, sometimes that mountain between us and God is our circumstances and that needs changing. But sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's understanding, sometimes it's apathy. But whatever the mountain is, it's the thing that blocks our relationship with God. Faith that moves mountains looks like getting stuff out of the way so we can have an ever-deepening relationship with our infinite creator who is the source of all life, hope, love and truth and trusting he wants to know us and wants us to know him irrespective of what our circumstances look like. So I guess the question is, what does it look like to have the kind of faith that can move mountains? Turn with me in your Bibles or on your phones or on your apps to uh, Matthew 17, 14 to 20. If you get bored, there's some good fight scenes in 2 Kings. Um, but we're going to see how Jesus shows us how to have that little bit of faith. Rob, can you just pop that scripture up on the screen, please? Just to read it out to you. When they came down to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire, into the water, so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. The disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Thanks, Rob. So just to give us a little bit of context, last week we heard Holly talk about the transfiguration. So Jesus and three of his disciples are on the mountaintop. They're in a place of hope and they encounter the intimate and tangible love of God firsthand. The disciples see God's love for them made so clear, so true through the person of Jesus. In fact, it gets to the point where in the Gospel of Peter, oh, sorry, in the Gospel of Mark, uh, we see Peter wanting to build housing, like he wants to stay there and not leave. And for many of us, when we're in that place of hope, 
that place of intimate encounter where we feel close to God, we often don't want to leave. Have you ever noticed when you leave a, a good worship session or a, a festival like 61, it's always harder to leave? It's because in that place, it's easy to have the kind of faith that can move mountains. But in the passage we've just read, we see Jesus and the disciples coming down the mountain. And they come down to find an absolute mess. There's conflict everywhere. The religious leaders are confronting the disciples. The disciples are engaged in spiritual warfare. There's a crowd close to rioting. There's a father out of his mind with grief and panic. There's a young boy who's self-harming. And it's into this mess. We see Jesus come and just love. And the Bible shows us this beautiful contrast between being in a place of hope, where we're close to God and where it's easy to focus our faith on him, and where we're in a place of hurt, where there's conflict, where God seems distant. Maybe prayers aren't being answered. Maybe it's harder to have the focus of our faith on God. And that's important because sometimes when we're in the middle of all this stuff, which we all will be at some point, it can be easy to lose sight of God. We might not mean it to, but sometimes the focus of our faith can change. And what we need to understand is that the disciples should have been able to heal this boy. In Matthew 10, one scripture tells us that Jesus gave his disciples authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Now, they should have been able to do this, but they couldn't. Why is that? Well, Holly told us last week that Jesus went up the mountain with three of his best mates, but there were 12 disciples. So that means nine of them are down here missing out on this incredible moment of breakthrough. They're stuck in the valley in a place of hurt. Maybe they felt jealous of the others. Maybe they felt hurt because Jesus hadn't taken them with him. Maybe, like us, sometimes they felt disconnected from God. They're asking, where is Jesus in the middle of all this mess? When Jesus seems absent in our lives, sometimes the focus of our faith can change. Sometimes the focus becomes the mountains and not God. And faith that can move mountains in our lives removes the blockages with God. And yet the disciples couldn't remove this blockage for this young boy because their faith was focused on the wrong thing. And yet even in this mess, Jesus still redeems it because those around him and us today need to see the power of a faith that is based and focused on God. There are some things that God can show us in a place of hope where he seems close, but there are some things we can only learn in a place of hope, in place of hurt, in the hard times, because a faith that has been tested is a faith that can be trusted. And in these moments of struggle, of uncertainty, of doubt, where it's, it's hard to have faith with the right focus, they can be just as transformational for us as the moments where it's easy to have faith. And Jesus, he walks straight into this mess, and he's confronted by a distraught father. And the father says, Lord, have mercy on my son. And we see this son. He's possessed by a demon. He's been sick for a long time. He's self-harming. Other translations tell us that the boy's epileptic. In fact, in Mark's account, in Mark 9, the father goes on to say to Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help him. Now imagine how that sounds to Jesus. If you can do anything. Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, the creator of the universe, God's ultimate and only rescue plan is asked if. If you can do something. Well, of course, Jesus can do something because he's God. And yet, I want us to notice something. Jesus' response is more about correcting the faith of the father 
and those around him than it is about healing the son. The focus of the father's faith is on his sick son. It's not on the God that stood right in front of him. And rather than just answering the father's request, Jesus shows us the importance and power that comes from a faith with the right focus. Jesus' response isn't just to the father. It's to the crowd, the disciples, the religious leaders, to everyone around him. And it comes in two parts. The first part, Jesus says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I put up with you? Now that sounds incredibly harsh given what's going on, but let's unpack that. Unbelieving simply means without faith. The word perverse means twisted or distorted. So what Jesus is saying to those around him is when the focus of our faith becomes distorted and becomes something other than God, it's like not having faith at all. And maybe that applies to us. Is the focus of our faith on the right thing? Jesus is showing us that when our perspective becomes perverted and twisted by the world around us or by our circumstances, often we can think and we can be sure that we have a faith, but we don't. Instead, when we have the kind of faith that's conditional or shallow or inherited or done by habit, it's not enough. It's like having no faith at all. It won't move the mountain that's blocking our relationship with God. And yet, I want you to notice the second part of Jesus' response. Bring the boy to me. Because although Jesus' condemnation sounds harsh, it's rooted in love. Because it's important we have the right focus in our faith. Because only by having the right focus can we experience that love of God. Can we go deeper into a relationship with him by choosing to trust in God's mount? God's goodness, those mountains, those things that seem so dominant that get in the way of our relationship with God, they will lose their power over us. So Jesus, he sees this young boy, he sees the father's hurt, the lack of faith, the doubt, the uncertainty, and he still says, bring the boy to me. Jesus responds from a place of love, with an attitude of mercy, from a place of compassion, and the boy is healed. And what that shows us is that God is bigger than the mountains in our life and the stuff that we often focus our faith on instead of him. Jesus shows us that the God we find in the place of hope is the God that we need in the times of hurt. It shows us that God is not intimidated by our lack of faith. He's not shocked by our weakness. He's not scared of our failure. God just loves us. And if we focus our faith on him, then God can move that mountain in our lives that's blocking our relationship with him. And here's the thing. After the boy is healed, the disciples ask Jesus, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus responds with something that sounds a bit odd. Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, that sounds a bit confusing because Jesus, on one hand, is saying they can't do it because they don't have enough faith, but then he's saying you only need a tiny bit of faith to do it. So what's going on? When Jesus says, because you have so little faith, we have to be careful because people can abuse this verse. We can misapply it. Christians love to tell other Christians have more faith. And maybe that's something you've heard if you've been walking with Jesus for a while. If you'd had more faith, you'd have gotten that job. If you had more faith, your mental health would improve. You didn't have enough faith to pass that exam. You don't need the medicine. Just have more faith and you'll get better. 
we have to be so, so careful with this verse. Because the problem is when we, when we have that mindset that we need to have more faith and then things will happen, when we think we need to do more and be better, then the focus of our faith becomes ourselves rather than God. We end up making it about our performance rather than God's goodness. And that's the opposite of the gospel. When people, when Christians tell other Christians have more faith, then the faith we have becomes based on what we can do. Our goodness, our perception of ourselves, our morality. We ignore God and make it about us. And that's the kind of faith that will never move the mountain we need it to. But in the Greek, the word Jesus uses for little faith is the same word Jesus uses earlier for faithless. Jesus isn't saying have more faith. He's saying the focus of the faith the disciples have isn't where it needs to be. It's almost like saying, do you know what, lads? Have as much of that kind of faith as you want. It won't do you any good because the focus is on the right thing. And yet, when Jesus says faith the size of a mustard seed, what he means is you only need a tiny little bit of faith with the right focus to move the mountain that's between you and God. A mustard seed is the tiniest seed you can imagine. Now, more faith is better. Bigger faith is good. But Jesus uses this analogy to show us that even the tiniest bit of faith, based on who God is, rooted in his love for us, his mercy, his goodness, his holiness, can shift that mountain. It can remove the blockage in our lives that gets between us and God. The God we need in the place of hurt is not only the God we meet in the place of hope. He's the God who can throw that mountain into the sea because Faith isn't us trying to impose our will on God just for the stuff that we want. It's about knowing God deeper, discovering more of who he is, trusting that God wants to remove any mountain in our lives that gets in the way of our relationship with him because he wants to know us better. Faith that moves mountains comes from trusting in God because first and foremost, our trust is in who God is, not what we see around us. And the truth of it is we all have a mountain in our lives that needs moving. We all have something that gets in the way of our relationship with God. Just like the young boy in verse 15, which tells us he was suffering greatly. What's your mountain? What's the thing that's causing your relationship with God to suffer greatly? What's the thing in the way of your relationship? Is it that we've given up? Is it that we've lost hope? Is it our sin? Is it circumstance? Is it that we've truly never known who God is? Where are you struggling with the mountain in your life? I don't pretend to know where any of you are at right now, but I know some of us are scared. I know some of us have lost our joy. Some of us have given up on the dreams and callings God has given us. I know some of us feel like God is distant or absent. Do we truly have the focus of our faith that can move the mountains that get in the way of our relationship with God? Because even just a tiny bit of faith with the right focus can move that mountain. So I guess the question is, what do you do with all this? The easy question to ask is, how do we develop the kind of faith that can move mountains? And the answer sounds equally simple, trust God. Base your faith in who he is and not what we see around us. And that sounds easy. But the reality is for many of us, we can become embittered, jaded, angry, burnt out, tired when we're in that place of hurt when God seems distant. 
But we need to remember that for all of us, God has been faithful in our past, which means God can be trusted with our future. Just because we don't see a way for that mountain to move doesn't mean that God doesn't have a way for that mountain to move. Trusting God, it's not always easy. I think for many of us, our feelings of sadness and disappointment, they're valid. It hurts, but it doesn't mean we can't put our trust in who God is at the same time. Because the God we meet in our hope is the God we need in our hurt. God is in our pain with us. He cares. He hasn't abandoned us. He's never changing, loving, merciful Father to us. Let me ask you, are you hurting? Are you frustrated? Are you burnt out? Lay your burdens at the cross. Trusting God, it's, it's not always easy. But when we lean in with, with prayer, with perseverance, we can develop that mustard seed of faith that can move mountains. So what's the mountain in your life that needs shifting? What's getting in the way of your relationship with God? Maybe it's the mountain that's an obstacle in our faith. Maybe other Christians have hurt us, or God's word confuses us, or maybe we feel like we don't fit in with the church. Sometimes the mountain that gets between us and God is the thing that stops us understanding who God is. But Isaiah 58.11 tells us that the Lord will guide you continually. God continually calls us into a deeper, more loving, more clear, better relationship with him. Faith with God as the focus opens our eyes so that it moves the mountain so we can know God better. Sometimes the mountain in our lives is our feelings towards God. Maybe we're disappointed or we feel abandoned or we're angry. Maybe we struggled with the same sin over and over and over and it never changes and we feel condemned. Yet each of you need to know that you already have that mustard seed of faith because when you put your trust in Jesus, that he lived a perfect sinless life, he died for our sins and he rose from the dead, destroying death, hell and the grave. When you know that you are already restored, redeemed and made right with God, you already have that mustard seed of faith you need to move that mountain. So God is saying to you today, come home. Jesus died to remove that mountain in your life. Just come home. Fix the focus of your faith on God again because you already have the mustard seed of faith that you need. Maybe... The mountain we face, though, it's our circumstances. When our God, when our faith isn't focused on God, things can seem overwhelming, hopeless. Sometimes the things we, we face drown out the hope we have in God. Yet Jesus says in John 16:33, take heart, for I have overcome the world. That mountain in your life, Jesus has already overcome it. This isn't about asking God just to remove our disappointment and parking it there. This is about restoring and strengthening our relationship with the giver of life because Jesus has overcome. You are more loved than you will ever know. Nothing can stop Jesus' perfect love. Not the devil, not circumstance, not other people. Nothing can. I think for many of us, there are circumstances in our lives that get in the way of our relationship with God. And believe me, I know it hurts. It really hurts, but no matter how much it hurts, Jesus has already come. And whilst faith might not always take us out of our circumstances, it will always take us through. Nothing can stop Jesus' perfect love. When we have that faith that trusts in God, then no sickness, no circumstance, no pain, no hurt, no trauma, no lack. It's too big to stop the relationship with God. Faith with the right focus can move that mountain that gets in the way of our relationship with God. So maybe it's time to be completely honest with ourselves, G2. 
What's the mountain in our lives? What's getting in the way of our relationship with God? Faith with the right focus can move that mountain. Now, maybe it's time for us to choose to make God the focus of our faith again. For us to choose to trust in God's goodness, in his mercy, in his love for us. Whether that's the first time today or the hundredth time, it's time to trust God again. Because you have no idea what God can do with a mustard-sized bit of faith. It's not the size of your faith that matters. It's the size of the God you put your faith in. Faith with the right focus will move that mountain. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that you haven't abandoned us. You still love us. We are sorry for the times we don't have faith with the right focus. Father God, help us trust you. Help us make you the focus of our faith again. We acknowledge that it hurts. And Father, we thank you that you meet us in our hurts. And Lord, we ask you to throw those mountains that get in the way of our relationship with you. Get rid of them, Father. Throw them into the sea. May we never be the same again. Amen.